Okay, first of all, uh, welcome to all the alumni. I'm sorry I'm not going to introduce you one by one, just because there are a lot of you. But it's uh, very, very nice to have you back in Yeshiva. Uh, secondly, I tried to pick a topic that I haven't given as much, so the alumni won't know it. So hopefully this is one of them. We're going to discuss what happens, as you guys know, I, I like uh, clashes of halakhic values. What happens when Purim clashes with Avilut? Okay, with morning. And I, re- I admit we're a couple of months from Purim, but one can argue it is the next holiday on the horizon, especially if you agree with my assessment that uh, Tubishvat is a artificial construct of the Kabbalists and the Zionists. It's not really a holiday. Okay, so, uh, so that means Purim is next. So, what? Okay. Well, I guess I would ask you, how many times does Tubishvat get discussed in Chazal? Chazal didn't have climate change. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so, wait, I'm just curious, Ronnie, even though I'm in favor of doing something about climate change, would you also make Pesach about climate change? No. Okay. Okay. No, okay. Okay, that's a good answer. Okay, so let's see what happens. And obviously, we might want to compare it to what happens when other Chagim or other holy days intersect with Avilut. Okay, so let's just get a little bit of background. We won't deal with the why yet. We'll get to the why shortly. And then we'll try to apply it to Perth. Okay, so what happens when someone's in Shiva and a Chag comes by? What does the Chag do? Mati. Okay, you're doing being too complicated. Just tell me practically what happens. Okay, so a chag cancels Avilut. So if someone's been on Avel for four days, right, and Pesach comes by, the ship is over. Okay, they're out of Shiva, they're ready in the Shloshim period. Okay, whereas what happens when a chag intersects with, sorry, when Avilut intersects with Shabbat? What happens? So it's obviously, it's obviously, it's not that you continue your full-fledged avilut. You're not going to do public mourning on Shabbat, but it doesn't cancel the Shiva. You'll resume the full avilut on Saturday night. In fact, you'll notice avilim tend to daven in the house all Shiva. Usually a minion is made in the house. What happens over Shabbat? The avil comes back to Shul. Right, so there is a sense that we're not doing any public forms of mourning, but private forms of mourning might continue, and the shiva continues. Okay, so that's an important difference between Achag and Shabbat. And you might ask yourself, what's the difference based on? And maybe that'll give us a framework for per. You did, yeah? I was going to say, um, also uh, on Abel, there are certain parts of uh, Kabbalah Shabbat that are not supposed to be in the Correct, correct. So let's, let's go with logic right away. We like logic. Okay, so guys, give me two possible reasons to differentiate between Shabbat and Chag in their interaction with Avilut. One is much more practical, and one is much more conceptual and inherent. Hugo, the voice from Strasbourg, let's hear. What? Okay, why should that impact on Avilut, though? Why should that impact on... I'm not just talking about differences between Shabbat and Yom Tov in general. Differences that would impact on the Avilut question. All right, let us go with Eli West. Um, if, if, 
like the more it Shiva canceled out Shabbat, then like people would almost like never. Ah, excellent point. See, guys, he's not just a you know a pretty face and good clothing. Okay, <laughs> excellent. Okay, so uh, okay, excellent. Okay, so what am guys? There's a very practical point to be made, right? If for the, just for the alumni returning, he won the best dressed award at Thanksgiving lunch this year. Okay, that, 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 that was the reference. Okay. Okay, so, in, in fact, they even told me it wasn't really a competition. They only put four names on the list because they needed four other names, but they knew he was going to win right away. Okay, but uh, in any case, they, uh, obviously Shabbos can't cancel Shiva. Then there'd be no such thing as Shiva. And if Rego cancels Shiva, okay, once in a while, Avelut will coincide with Rego. So one can be extremely practical about it. It's not really because any deep difference between Chag and Shabbat. Just it couldn't be that the system would let Shabbat cancel Shiva because there'd be no such thing as Shiva. Okay, excellent, Eli. What would be another approach? Elias. I think a major idea of Shiva is pulling you into the community. Mm-hmm. And um, the holidays generally are on a national level. So they effectively do that. Well, Shabbat, maybe, but at the same time, Shabbat is more for yourself. And increasing your... Oh, that, was, that was a clever shot. You're saying there's, there's more of a communal identification on Regalim. Very good. Okay. Yeah. Our holidays usually at Thomas Simcoff. Ah, Matthew Plasker. See, guys, I just want to point out, Matthew Plasker learns an hour and a half every morning at Binghamton. You could, you could be at a SAC university and still an hour and a half every day, and he's not the only guy in the room who's doing this. Okay? And don't tell me, unless you are taking organic chemistry or mechanical engineering, do not tell me you have no free time. Okay? I, I will not accept that. You have a tremendous amount of free time. In fact, you're killing a lot of time doing nothing. Okay. And here we go, guys. Okay, so you could say it's inherent. Right? On Shabbat, we have an out nice mitzvot. But what does it never say about Shabbat in the Torah? You're supposed to be sameach. The sameach is not a word. We have other words we use in Tanakh, right? What is Shabbat supposed to be a day of? A day of menucha, a day of kavod and oneg. So obviously we're supposed to enjoy ourselves. But oneg is not the same as simcha. Maybe oneg is having a really nice meal, but that's not the same as this kind of extra joyous quality. So what could you say very simply? What ultimately clashes with Avelut? Not having a good meal. It's not oneg that clashes in its essential sense. It's simcha that doesn't clash with Avilut. So maybe when Avilut hits Regel, right, there's this nuclear war and Regel destroys Avilut. But when Shabbat hits Avilut, they're not really fighting with each other to some degree. And at that point, Avilut goes on. Okay, we get so far? We have two good theories. Now we're going to see now. I really like, I really like, I'm going to ignore it, but I really like your third theory. Very clever. Okay. So now, let us go to, show you these sources are inside. So we'll go a little bit out of order, guys. If you could go to source uh, 9 in the Tosfot. You see, source 9 is totally on, uh, on Matthew Plotzker's side. Says source 9. Okay. Rafi, you were successful? Okay, guys, there are more sheets here if anybody didn't get a sheet. Do you give one back to Ronnie? Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll get there in a minute. That was an excellent question. Okay, so Elias is on fire today. The scholar of Balakinwood. Okay. Umitarets avagav de Shabbat ole regel ein ole hov ein avil kol mishum dichtiv ben simcha says the Tosvot in the regalim. They're supposed to be happy days. Shabbat mia loktiv simcha. There it is. That distinction is right there. It is not based on any practical technical points. It is based on inherent point. Yom Tov clashes with Avilut in a way that Shabbat does not. Great. However, if you go to Yushalmi, 
Okay, if Yushalmi has the very practical point, okay, really, uh, what do you guys like to get used to? I really have to learn more Yushalmi life. They have different terminology and different spellings. It'd be cool to like be uh, cognizant of what they are. So look at this second line, Amir Abi Ba. I don't think there was anybody in Yushalmi named Ba. It's just a version of Abba. I don't know why the Aleph gets lost, but okay. Amr Rabbi Ba, Efshar Shiva below Regel, Efshar Shiva below Shabbat. There it is. Is that not Eli West's point exactly? You could have a Shiva without Regel, but there's never going to be a Shiva without Shabbat. So how could Shabbat possibly cancel Shiva? It would undermine the entire concept of having a Shiva, okay? So let's say we've got this conceptual inherent reason. We've got the practical reason, guys. Now, when we have reasons, we can start making applications. What do you guys think offhand? What should the halacha be regarding Purim? Okay, someone unfortunately loses a close relative right before Purim. Should Purim negate Avilod or should Purim not negate Avilod? What do you guys think? Gideon. Ah, so Gideon brings another theory. Good. Someone might say, Rabbi, don't make it all based on those two theories. There are other factors, other variables. Maybe Purim just doesn't have status because it's rabbinic. Right, so forget, is the reason simcha, is the reason practicality. Maybe biblical holidays could take an avilut, but rabbinic holidays can't. That's fine, that's certainly a reasonable theory. Who else did hand in the back there? Okay, Mark Adler. You also say, similar Okay, so that's very interesting what Mark is saying. I'm, I'm very happy he said that because there is a theory in the Rishonim that the length of the holiday matters. I always thought it was kind of counterintuitive that the length should matter, but if Mark intuitively agrees with it, so maybe it's not so counterintuitive. So let me just show you that inside for one second because I also want to cover Elias's question. So everyone go to source eight. Uh, we should discuss this in a second. Is this, did Ravadi do more cutting this here? Okay, so let's just talk about this for one second, guys, because it's good to know what it's about and a long tangent in Moed Katan. Okay, first of all, what Seder is Masech and Moed Katan in? Moed, for obvious reasons. But what is Moed Katan actually about? Chol HaMoed, very good. What is the small holiday, as it were? The small holiday is Chol HaMoed. Okay, so there is a whole Masech about Chol HaMoed, but we know there are good Talmudic tangents in this world. Okay, and the third parak is all about Avilut. So it's really, a f- I think it's hard to deny that, I mean, whether you like it or not, death is interesting. So, and responses to death are, are interesting. So if you're curious about how halacha deals with death, that would be a good parak to study. I don't mean how to deal with death like theologically. I mean more like practically, ritually, how do we deal with death? In fact, you've probably heard this from other people also, it's very fascinating how many Jews who aren't so observant want the rules of Avilut. Because if you think about it, everybody wants to express grief for their relative, right? But you have no mechanism, right? What, what, how do I do it? What, what's the rule book for how I act out my grief, how I get consolation? So I think at that point, a lot of people turn, well, we have this Jewish tradition. Let's uh, see how it does. Okay, so that's just be aware in general. You'll find us if you're in the Jewish, in a certain particular Jewish community, maybe the rabbi, people are asking questions even though about Avilu, they never, they never ask you questions. Also, also point out the same people will often say Kaddish for the year. Right, you might not find them in show of the last decade, but they want to honor their relative. And they, oh, here's a means where I could honor my relative. I'm going to come to Shul and say Kaddish for the year. Yeah. Can Avilus, like, cancel out some parts of the answer? Like, you still give myself money to, like... Oh, interesting. We'll get there in a second. Just, just actually, let's play out in a second. Which do you think it's more likely to cancel and which less likely? The ones that have to do with happiness. Okay, good. So it may be like you won't get drunk, but you'll give them a shock Yeah. Okay, very clever. 
One second, Sadi. I just want to see the source. Okay, so Moed Khan has a long discussion of Avilut. Why? Because there's a Mishnah that discusses Regalim encountering Avilut, which leads to a long tangent about Avilut. So let's look at that mission in source 8. Okay. Um, let's go to... Uh, okay, at, we'll go to the end of the first line. Shabbat Ola. Shabbat counts. Ira Shabbat Mevlo. If Shabbat happens during your Avelut, it even counts as one of the seven days. The Enamaf second, it doesn't interrupt your Shabbat. Right? If you did four days before Shabbat, you finish the rest of the days after Shabbat. What regalim do? Okay, actually, I'm reading from Rashi, not the one, right? Yeah, sorry, guys. If you go back to seven, I was reading Rashi. Let's go back to seven. I apologize. Okay, second line in Shabbat on seven. Shabbat Ola Vainam of second. Shabbat counts and doesn't interrupt. Regalim Mafsikin Vainan Olin. They just interrupt your Avilut. Rebelezer Omer, Mishachar Bayd Magdash, Atzeret Kishabbat. Now that is quite surprising. What is Atzeret a code word for? Shavuot. Why should the Bayd Magdash make any difference? Either Shavuot is a day that cancels Avilut or it doesn't. He seems to think that once, okay, we'll get there in a second. But then we get to Elias' case. They say Rashim Kippur is like a regal. Shvuas is like a regal. So notice we have a debate about Shvuas and a debate about Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Now, based on, I'll, I'll take a bunch of comments in a second. There's too, much, too many interesting things to discuss now. Based on what we've said earlier, can anyone see why Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur might be in the gray area? Right, why might there be a little bit of lack of clarity? Oh, we know that Pesach and Sukkot cancel Avilod, but we're not so sure about Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. One might be the issue at hand, Josiah. Okay, good. The chief rabbi of Damascus from the 1600s comes true. Very good. Way to go, Josiah. Okay, couldn't you say, do they have Simcha or not? Is a little up for grabs. Right? We sometimes think of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur do have Simcha. At the same time, they hardly seem as joyous as. Sukkot, there's a certain solemnity to them. So maybe their simcha status is somewhere on the borderline. If their simcha status is somewhere on the borderline, you can easily see why. Oh, we're not sure. Should we treat them like Sukkot or should we not treat Should we treat them like Shabbat? Excellent. Okay, one more thing. I just get to Mark Adler's point. So I would have thought that the operative question should really be about the simcha question. That's what's dominant over here. However, Rashi thinks that the one-day versus seven-day question is dominant, which is quite fascinating. Okay, look now at Rashi. We'll turn the page, please, guys. Okay, why? This is really remarkable. Okay, Rashi does not side with me. Look at the last Rashi, guys. Rosh Hashanah Why? Ho'il ve'enuela yom echad. I thought it's all about how much simcha is there in Rosh Hashanah Rashi says, no, no, that's not the issue at all. Apparently, there's this thought that longer Chagim could cancel Avilod, but shorter cannot. Rashayim Kippur, unfortunately, do not, or not, unfortunately not, but there's simply not an extended Chag. Therefore, they don't cancel. Now, not only that, but I want to give an advantage, guys, I'll take all the comments in one second. I want to give a huge advantage to Rashi. What's the huge advantage to Rashi? He could explain something that I think I can't explain. Why did anybody think Shavuos changes whether or not there's a Beit Migdash? Right, so guys, look at Rashi on Mishachar Ben Migash. This is a remarkable Rashi. She'ein la'atzeret tashlumin kol shiva ve'einu ela yom echad. Amazing. According to Rashi, what changes in a post-Khorban world? Shvuot goes from being a week-long event to one-day event. Now you're all thinking, 
What in the world is Rashi talking about? In what way is Shavuot a week-long event? So what did he just say, Avery? I was saying you got to get up to the so. Yeah, but, he, yeah, but Avery, you're a careful reader. Right? No, you can't. Uh, how are you going to play Hamlet if you don't read the script carefully, Avery? <laughs> Let's go. Imagine that. You say, I'm sorry. To, you say, I'm sorry to the director. I, I wasn't reading the script carefully, so I said my own shot in Hamlet. Let's go. What does he say? Yes, what makeup is he talking about? Well, stage makeup. Oh, that was very clever, actually. That was a good joke. Okay, where's uh, April? What do you think? Okay, he wanted to play with makeup, Tashlumain, stage makeup for Avery. Okay, not, not bad. Where's Jack? We need him. Okay. Oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, guys, I have to say, like, in the world of puns, I think you get a little bit of credit for speed beyond quality. Right, because there's something to be said to be able to think of it on the spot. So I'm not sure if Abe Cole is the number one in quality, but it, his speed is remarkable. Okay. No, it's pretty remarkable. Like really, like any time you can come up with some bad pun within five seconds. It's really okay. It, 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 it is remark, remarkable speed. Okay. No, Okay, so in any case, guys, where do we usually know the concept of Tashlumen from? I know you all know it from prayer, but where else do we tend to have a makeup? Carbonot. That's correct. Isn't Pesach Shady a classic example? So apparently the carbonot that you were supposed to bring on the first day of Shavuot, apparently when can you bring them? For a week. That's why you're all going to be happy now because we all rejoice when Tachman is canceled. You ever notice that after Shavuot we don't say Tachman for a week? Have you ever noticed this? You know why we don't say Tachman for a week after Shavuot? Because it's still the time that you could have brought the Tashlumen. It is still connected to Shavuot. But what is the claim? It's a pretty remarkable claim over here. What's the claim? When you have that week to bring Tashlumen, it's not just we give you extra time. Somehow the spirit of Shavuot lives on for another six days. So in a certain sense, when there's a Beit HaMikdash, Shavuot is actually a seven-day holiday. Ah, but once there's no Beit HaMikdash and there's no Tashlumen, Shavuot is a one-day holiday. And according to Rashi, one of the criteria lurking here is seven-day Chagim is four versus one day hot. So I'm just doing one summary, guys, and then all the questions. We seem to have three fat. We're gonna, we have, after the question, guys, we have to bring this all back to Perm. But we seem to have three factors lurking. What are the three factors lurking? Well, why would Regal differ from Shabbat? Maybe Regal has Simcha, Shabbat doesn't. Factor one, what has Simcha, what doesn't? Then we had factor two, the very technical, practical factor, the Yushami. Right? Well, Shabbos can cancel Shiva because then there's never Shiva. So maybe there's practicality at work here. Then we have, actually we're throwing four factors. We have Gideon saying, maybe Purim's issue, it just is not weighty enough. A rabbinic holiday will not have the same weight in halakha as a biblical holiday. Maybe that's lurking. And then fourthly, Rashi, based on Moed Katan Yotet, seems to think that Mark Adler's right. One day versus seven days really matters. And he has two sources. He says that's why Shvot would change from Beit HaMikdash to post Beit HaMikdash. And that's why someone would think that Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur don't break Avila, which again, I thought you could explain very easily otherwise. Maybe someone thinks they don't really have Simcha, and that's why. Okay, now all the questions. Ellis? Um, does that raise, if it's about length, then does that raise the question of Hanukkah canceling Avila? Oh, excellent point. Okay. Okay, excellent. So, alumni, those of you who know, this is a very exciting phenomenon this year. We've discovered that if you go to Vancouver Public School, you are more knowledgeable than almost every guy in the yeshiva. Okay, we've not yet figured out why that is yet. 
But uh, we suspect that they had an elective in 12th grade in Masechet Demais, which is very odd. Okay? But uh, in, in any case, can we just plug your thing? You're right. Hanukkah would be another good test case. Do you think Hanukkah, let's just, I'm just going to push you on this a little bit, should have the same simcha as Purim? I feel like maybe a little bit. Because we're all commemorating it. Okay, let, let's, okay. Ah, but we see, we see the weakness in the Vancouver public school system. They didn't study Nach so carefully. Okay, guys, c- can you bring biblical support for Simchan Perm? Yeah, what's the date described as? Uh, you, you've read, let me go to Esther, no? Wait, Ezra, have you read also? Okay, it's a Yemei Mishter Simcha. It's, we'll get to that in a second. It's explicitly described as a day of joy. Ah, now for the key question. Avi Ometz, you with us here? Okay. H- how is Hanukkah described in Tanakh? It's not. It is not in Tanakh. Okay. And therefore, there's certainly no biblical verse endorsing Simcha on Hanukkah. So I'd be willing to say that in Purim, the Simcha theme is more profound than the Simcha theme on Hanukkah. Okay, what is that else? Reasonable? Yeah. Thank you. Arel. I'm going to add an extra point that I like. I guess like the name of Hanukkah is like Chanukah, mm-hmm. which is like resting on the 25th. It's not celebrating on the 25th. Okay. It should be like an extra point. Of okay, good. All right, what else did it end up? Elias. I think the idea that we don't, we, that, that, that Shabbat, we don't have um, morning and Avelu, could be used on Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, besides the day for itself, introspection. Ah, you want to go back to the individualistic community. Right. Like that, that, okay, you, you think that explains it all? Yeah. Or Elias, you should write a book on Avilut uh, and the Chagim. We have your, your fresh explanation. Okay, guys, since I'm introducing all of Shana Alf to the alumni, so one interesting thing about Elias is he doesn't play any standard sports for some reason. Like, you'll never see him with a basketball or a baseball. He only plays pickleball and frisbee golf. Very odd. Okay, a man whose two main sports are pickleball and frisbee golf. What? Ah, okay. Do, are you, do you also play those two sports, Don Carter? Yes. Okay. And, oh, I didn't realize that. And I guess if you go to Camp Stone, then you play tetherball, right? And Moshe Ah, but now comes the deep question that no one knows the answer to. What is the connection between Zionist camps and tetherball? Okay, wh- wh- why is it Moshe and Stone that play tetherball? Maybe, maybe, so there's two possibilities now. Either my theory is wrong, or Wild Rose is just not Zionist again. Okay, I guess in the world of designers and Wild Rose is just not serious. Okay. Wait, what, why do you go to Wild Rose? Good question. Okay. All right, see. Connection between Jewish summer camps and non standard sports. Ah. So we can't play girls The truth is, I'm thinking like, I don't have an answer, but it could be real sports are more expensive. Right? What do you think? I'm saying like to make a nice hockey rink or a nice basketball court. No? It's not more expensive? What? Yeah, I can't explain that. Uh, I can't explain that. What? Oh, really? Okay, there you go, guys. The Syrians do not rely on pickleball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. Okay, let's go through it quickly. Jonah. So how do you really simple to, during the 11-month period? Like, can simple override your provision for, like, not, not go to Spafford and celebration? Okay, so that's a very good question. I'm sorry I'm going to duck it for now. We're going to try to just focus on Simcha versus Shiva. But Jonah's right. You should also ask, what about Simcha encountering Shloshim? What about Simcha encountering Yud Bet Chodesh? And the truth is, actually, I'll just say something very briefly, although I'm not going to explain why right now. 
Simcha does also cancel Shloshim. You guys aware of that? So if someone already finished their Shiva and then they hit a regal, Simcha cancels Shloshim. Simcha does not cancel Yud Bet Chodesh, right? The whole year of mourning that you do for a parent is not canceled by Simcha. I never really thought about that much, but you could make the same technical argument about Shabbos, right? Couldn't you say, well, if a Chag would cancel the year-long Avelot, there's no such thing at that point as... So, John, if you look at the... Yeah. It was like a, like a temporary You mean like a wedding or like a... Like ah, you're saying, what happens when I'm in Yud Bet Chodesh and Pesach comes? Not that you think you might cancel it. Okay, not for us right now. All right. Okay, go for it. I mean, you want me to answer the question? Ah, but Oren, I'll tell you something about my educational theory in life. I'm not like a lawyer. I do not only ask questions that I already know the answer to. I am happy to ask questions that I don't know the answer to. In fact, sometimes I'm hoping that I will get the answer by asking the question. Okay? I do not know what the connection between Zionism and weird sports is. Okay? Or tetherball, I should say. I do not know why Zionism is connected to tetherball. I'm sorry? Oh, actually, I, I could make up two theories right now. You want to make up two theories right now? Okay, here they are. Okay. Some of these Zionist camps also have this irrational antipathy for any expression of liking America. They, they think that to be Zionist, you can't like America. That's why in Camp Stone, you can't mention that's July 4th. Like, no one's supposed to know. It's like a secret. Okay. Moshevah is not as extreme at this one. But, uh, okay, so here you go. It makes a lot of sense. How could you emphasize baseball? Baseball is Americana 101. Right? That, that's what it means to be American, to, like, throw the baseball around. But tetherball, what does tetherball do with America? Right? So there you go. Like, you could indulge in a, a sport without feeling you're identifying with American uh, community. What do you think of that theory? What? It's a good theory? All right, so, all right, think about it for the rest of the day, okay? Marvin Wild Rose, we're so American, we burn the Canadian flag. <laughs> 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 on, on July 4th? <laughs> 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 all right, Mati. <laughs> The one day seven day? Yeah. Yeah, what's the floor? Like it's true if you look at it prospectively, it's a seven day period, but any individual's perspective, there'll never be more than one day of the floor that. So it doesn't make sense that it'll be shot that morning period for one day. Even if they even if they get moved on, there's only So I think we have to be saying, Mati, that it's not only the individual person who's bringing the carbon to Shuman, yeah. so that's reflective that somehow the spirit of Shuman is still alive. Do you really have a simple for the other six days? That, that's a good question. It's a good question. Like, was there any other manifestation of? Yeah, although that's the the old. You know, everyone knows, of course, the old cynical yeshiva's joke, right? Old cynical joke. It used to be that on a yom simcha you didn't say tachnun, but today if you don't say tachnun, it turns into yom simcha. Okay, that, that, that is a famous joke. Yeah, Benji Khan. Like the weird sports and science camps. <laughs> yeah. Guys, we're gonna have to get back to purpose somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, it's, I think it's even more weird because, like, in the early uh, 1900s, the whole scientists had like a big movement of the muscle youth and everything, like how they wanted to get the Jews to be like the best soccer team and everything in all of like, Europe. So I find it even, so I find it weirder that they go for like non traditional sports. Okay, but the, Benji, I was very, I, I'm glad your knowledge of history is so impressive. But just realize, like, the old Zionist idealism of 1912 does not play out the same in 2023. 
Okay, notice we've given. Notice, we, yeah, it's true. Notice we've given up on socialist kibbutzim, right? A, a lot has changed since then. Okay. What? Is there any sports which Jews can compete? Correct. We're we're good at being kickers in football. Okay. Also, but you know, okay, guys. Hang on. We'll do Purim for a few minutes. Don't take more comments. There's a lot of comments. Okay, guys, everyone go back to source one. Let's see how Purim plays out, and we'll try to reason it through. Okay, source one. Kol divrei aveilut. What does the Shulchan Aruch say? Noagim b'chanakul Purim. Sounds like Yosef Kar is of the position. Purim doesn't rate. It's not strong enough. It doesn't even... It sounds like not that it's not canceled. It doesn't even suspend aveilut. Umikom akom ahaga. Now comes from Moshe Islas. But it's an important mitzvah Megillah. So even though the oval stays home for seven days, no, go to Shul and hear Megillah read. Okay. So now we're being pretty strict. What are we saying? That's only if you don't really have an ability. But if you could get ten fellows to come over, even Mikra Megillah do in the Shiv house. Ah, the Shomrim, but some people say Sha'in Avilut Noheg Bipurim Lobiadad Lobatvav. So here we have it, guys, like many things in Judaism. We debated whether Purim should get in the way of Avilut or should not. Now I just want to clarify, no one seems to say that Purim cancels Avilut, but there's a debate, can we have manifestations of Avilut on Purim? So guys, since you guys are very good, let's try to figure out logic for both positions based on all the factors we said. So give me reasons why Purim would not be able to overcome Avilut. Based on which fact would Purim not be able to overcome Avilut? Yeah. Well, I mentioned both Purim and Karnak, which are both there. Okay, so you could go with right, the Gideon Rowan theory. Rabbinic holidays just don't have weight. So we throw Purim and Hanukkah up against Avilut. We say, oh, they're just rabbinic. Avilut carries on. Okay, great. What else could you say, Matthew? The length. Excellent. What if we think Mark Adler and Rashi and Moid Kudna are right? That really the seven-day, again, I have to admit, I don't intuitively relate to it so much, but maybe it really matters how long the Chag is. And at that point, as much as you love Purim, it's a one-day Chag. Okay, Shushan Purim is not really so Chag-like. Okay, in fact, I'll tell you a good story about Shushan Purim. Guys, in my life, I've really only gotten drunk, I think, two or three times, always on Purim. But I have a good story from the first one. So I'm at my Rebbe and Gush's house, and we finished the Suda, and I, I was the perfect kind of drunk, because I was still able to function. So I, we dive in Marv right after the Suda. So Rabbi Tabori, Allah comes over to me and says, uh, Yitzi, I'm not sure you should have davened. You're a little bit too drunk. I said, Rabbi, I'm so with it that I remembered al And he said to me, yeah, we don't say al on Shushan Purpose. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, so... Uh, so in any case, okay. So in any case, Shushan doesn't really count. So maybe Purim loses because it's just one day. So we already have two good arguments. We could say Purim, it's rabbinic, very weak. Purim, it's only one day. One day things don't cancel. Okay. Anyone before we go to the other side, any other arguments why Purim shouldn't really affect Abilu? Yeah. Sure. Sure. So it's one day Oh, very interesting. Mark, was that what you were thinking too, more practically? Yeah, Not conceptually so much. Oh, right, because the conceptually say somehow seven days is somehow like more simcha than one day. Yeah, right, but, but it would be weird to, yeah. to start Avelut, stop for seven days, and then 
Yeah. Yeah. So, Resume everyone. Yeah. My question on that would be, I don't know the halacha exactly, but what happens if your relatives die when those last days are Ah, let me realize, guys, I should have said this. So I realize, halacha insists that you get some expression of shiva. So everything I said is only if the shiva began before the chag. What if the funeral's on the chag? Then, indeed, we don't start the shiva till after the chag. So it's not that we'll start shiva on the third day of Cholamoed, but we say it can't be that the relatives don't get to express any shiva. Okay, so realize, right? So in that case, you would have shiva just afterward. Okay, well, it's still good? Okay, let's sneak in two more things, and we'll get to the chiddush of this year. Okay, so everyone could please go to source three. Okay, and this, for those close readers of Megillah Esther, this is very fascinating, guys. You have to be a close reader. Oh, I should add this to my list. Oh, this is great, guys. Okay, brief, brief biblical tension for a second. We're always interested in Chumash. If you have a longer list and then something gets dropped, is that significant or we're just doing shorthand? For example, when Avram and Sarah are serving the Malachim, what's on the menu originally? Ben Bakar, Chalav, Chema, and Lechem. But when they actually serve it, bread is not mentioned. Right, so the Rashbam says, that's not significant. We don't have to give the whole list every time. Of course the bread was there. Rashi says, no, Sarah became a nida, and somehow was metame the bread. Now, I'm not saying that's pshat, but it, 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 it focuses on this question. You have like a list with A, B, C, D the first time, just A, B, C the second time. Is that significant or not? Uh, my Chumash guys, didn't we have one more example? What was the other example? Ah, excellent. Is that what we had? Very good. ABLR. Excellent. Right. You'll notice, guys, that with the seven Canaanite nations, it's not always seven through Kumash. So in the beginning of Shemot, there's a place where it goes from seven to six. Right? So the poor Girgashi, somehow, they didn't have good PR, the Girgashi. Okay, but the question again is that significant? Did something happen to the Girgashi? Right? Why, why do you have that going on? So look what happens, guys, in Purim. I'll do it outside because I'm running out of time. The first time it's described, it's as I think Abe or someone said before, it's what kind of day is it going to be? Simcha umishta v'yom tov. Three things. Simcha umishta v'yom tov. How is it described later? Simcha umishta. Right, yom tov gets, actually it's mishta v'simcha, but yom tov gets dropped. So again, should you make a big deal of that? But very interestingly, the Gemara does. Now the Gemara says, mishta might be the meal, right? Simcha is the general feeling of joy. What might have yom tov conveyed? Who learned McGillary recently? Yom Tov, very good. Who said this? Who said this in Malacha just now? Very good, Mark. You learned McGill recently? Just, you, you dabble. You went to public school in Vancouver. Okay, so in, in any case, right, Yom Tov might mean Isra Malacha. But I think this really touches on what Ruvain and Gideon said before. It sounds like what Havamina did they have when they were making up Purim? Maybe we'll create a day of Isra Malacha. After all, those are biblical holidays. Let's model after biblical holidays. So I would like to argue that maybe they came to the conclusion that rabbinic holidays either don't do that or can't do that, right? The sense of a status of a day where you can't do malacha, that's a biblical thing. Only God in the Torah can set that up. Rabbis could have all kinds of ritual acts you do, but they can't create a day of Isra malacha. So it is interesting that the Isra malacha was on the table at some point and then got dropped. Okay, next. One more point before the last finish. Where, where what, is, what is that play into the factor? Uh, I, I wanted to use it actually as an example where the Durban and Duraita might be a factor, like to support you and, and Gideon. Like, again, it doesn't say that explicitly. What would Avelis be over? What would Avelis be over? What do you mean? No, no, the Malacha was not, this, this was not a source of Avelis, it was a source of Purim. 
But I'm going to try to use some of the ideas for the Abel source. Okay, meaning they, there was a thought that every Purim will be us to do Malachah. And they dropped that. They said, no, Purim is only a day of Mishnah Vesimcha. It's not a day of Yom Tov, i.e. Yisra Malachah. Okay, everyone still good? Okay, Mark, give me two more minutes, guys. Okay, wait, where's Hanukkah? Didn't Hanukkah come somewhere? Uh, let's not discuss that for now. Okay, that's a good question. Okay, everyone go to 12 and 13, and I'm going to sneak in the Chiddush, and then you'll have all chance to come. There's a great Chiddush coming up, guys. Now, there's another test case about Simcha and Purim, which is, can you get married on Purim? Did anybody have a rule called Ein Ma'arvin Simcha Besimcha? You're not supposed to, what? Yes, very good, Rafi. You're not supposed to mix, by the way, it's not quite Vancouver, but Beachwood Public High wasn't so bad either. Okay? You're not supposed to mix two smachot. Right? It makes sense. Like, you want everyone wants to get their own focus. Right? So don't have, oh, we're celebrating Sukkot and a wedding. That would not be appropriate. Sukkot's its own celebration, and a wedding is a separate celebration. But couldn't you ask again, can I get married on Purim and Hanukkah? Wouldn't that also be an interesting test case? Okay, not exactly like Avilut, but... Okay, okay. So let's look at source 12. Says here, Sukaro, it actually fits his shock in Avilut, because he was the one who said we have regular Avilut. Mutar Lisa Purim. What does he claim? No problem. Apparently Purim doesn't really rate. Purim does not have some other simcha that would clash with the wedding. Here you go, guys. According to Ronnie, you're a man of Reveal Sukaro. You can schedule your wedding for Purim morning. It'll be very exciting. You could do it that way too. That's exciting. But it's even better because you get the two for one deal, because you'll already be like be dressed as a bride and groom. You won't have to find a costume. It's very exciting. Okay. Okay, here we go. So now is ah, I didn't say one thing. Okay, which is, we discussed why there wouldn't be, why there would be Avel in Purim. Why wouldn't there be? So I think we could say, Purim has Simcha. After all, Tanakh describes it as a day of Mishnah the Simcha. What if I think one day versus seven day doesn't matter? And what if I also think the Rabbanans also have weight in Judaism? So Purim should at least suspend Avel, because Purim is a day of Simcha. Ah, and if Purim is the day of Simcha, I, I, all right, I'm taking questions before me. I shouldn't be allowed to get married either. So what's going on? So everyone go to the Amek Bracha. I hope I can sneak both these in, guys. We now go to two Brisker Achronim. The Amek Bracha was a student of the greats, one of the Salvechics. He had a very, very nice safer. He's quoting his Rebbe the Grizz. Why is it different? There's another difference, right? What about, for whatever, to whatever degree we think this is true, we do discourage some like extra consumption of alcohol on Purim, and we don't, never discourage, we never encourage, we do encourage, excuse me, that was probably Freudian, but we don't do that on, we don't do that on the other Chagim. Why is that? So he says, guys, this is classic brisk. Rav Gavriel would love this. What are we doing on a Chag? There's a mitzvah to have Simcha. Okay, now, what is the point of having the Basar and Yayan? It is so that... What's, what is Siba Lohrer? It is a reason to awaken. Meaning, you want to achieve Simcha? Oh, if people eat meat and drink wine, they're happier. Okay, now I see I made a terrible typo. What's he claiming, guys? In Chagim, wine is a means. 
I'm not trying to have a big party and have a mishnah. I'm trying to have simcha. What are we saying? Someone who eats meat and drinks wine will be more misameach, more besimcha. Ah, what's the claim on Purim? I'm trying to create, not simcha, I'm essentially trying to create a mishteh. And therefore, the more I drink, the more mishteh like it is, right? It's not, because if it's simcha, you say, okay, there's a stopping point. I've hit this point, I'm more sameach, I'm good to go. He wants to claim on Purim, it's not a means of simcha, it's an end in of itself of mishteh. Now, I'm just going to throw in two more ideas and I'll take questions. So in the Mishnah Yaivitz, I'm not going to have time to read inside, this is Rav Jolti. Rav Jolti was used to be the chief rabbi of Yushalayim. He passed away about 30 years ago. Okay, Rav Jolti says, maybe the way Purim works, and Ruben now the Gemara is going to come back, is that there is Simcha, but the Simcha doesn't permeate the day. The Simcha is concentrated in, when would it be the time of Simcha? In the Suda, in the Mishnah. So notice we could say a whole bunch of things about Purim. You could say Purim, it's not trying to create simcha, it's trying to create mishteh. Or you could say, there is simcha, but the simcha is in the mishteh and not throughout the day. The reason why I think it works out nicely is, if you say they didn't make it a yom tov, maybe what are you really saying? Not only that they didn't make it asr malacha, but they said, it's not that the entire day has status, there is a concentrated status of mishteh. Two more things, guys. I think this combination theory explains everything. Why, according to this, we'd be allowed to get married on Purim? Makes sense, right? What if I get married, if Ronnie gets married at 10 o'clock in the morning and his suit is at 2? There's no clash, because we didn't say the whole day was permeated with Simcha. Only the Mishnah is permeated with Simcha. So there's no clash. Last thing, guys. Those of us who want to like bring in a little Tanakh into play. Let me say I ask you, why would they have been talking it this way? Why in Purim would they have made it not about the day per se, but about why would they want the operative category to be Mishnah? No. Yeah, but even more. Think about the entire plot of Purim. Because it really is all the feast. Guys, isn't Purim one mishteh after another? Yeah. That is the whole storyline. Guys, let's let's count for a second. How many parties can you think of on Purim? Okay, I think it's more than four. In the beginning, doesn't Nachshirah throw two different parties? One for the broader populace and one for the more restricted crew? That's two. Okay, now I don't remember. When Haman and Nachshirah sit down, is that described as a mishteh? Probably not, right? It is a mishteh? Are you sure? It is? No, after Vashti. I mean, in Gimel, when they have the plot. And remember, is that a mishteh? Ezra, you remember? Okay, so in theory, that's the third. Then, what? I'm sorry? Oh, Vashti's mishteh nashim. That's true, you're right. Okay, then, of course, Esther makes two parties, right? Remember, she invites Haman and Akshur to one, and then invites them back to another. So, as you start there's like at least six parties, and every story is about a mishteh, every part of the story. So, it could be when Chazal went to commemorate that, what they say? Let's make the category of Purim mishteh. So, I think a lot of things work out very nicely. That would explain, according to Amik Bracha, why there's more drinking on Purim, because it's mishteh as opposed to a means to simcha. That would explain perhaps why it wouldn't cancel Avelut, because it's not a full day of Simcha, it's only a Mishteh of Simcha. That would explain why you could get married, because you're getting married is separate from the Mishteh. And I think that fits nicely with the whole Chumash story, the whole Tanakh story. We looked at the story, said, this is the story about Mishteh, we're going to make it a Chag about Mishteh. Okay, who has a comment or question? Eli Melech, what are you going to say before? Yeah, I was going to say that the reason why you wouldn't still have a Kind of like what you're saying about the Suda being the theme park. Uh, you have um, a value being like uh, another central idea of the story with Mordecai 
Oh, that's interesting. You're saying that the, not only is there Mishta and Migilas there, there's Avilut also. That's pretty clever, Alimov. Okay, very good. Who else wants to make a comment? Yeah, Mark Adam. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Mark, it's a very good question. I guess it depends, like, how much weight we give to Minhagim. Right, how much can Minhagim reflect on the character of the day? Okay, Rafi Rubek. No, I think they never formulated Takana. By the way, there is such a concept in Judaism where if the people reject the Takana, it doesn't get off the ground. Okay, what's a famous example? Yeah, remember the Takana Ezra? That every time you're a Valkyrie, you have to go to the mikvah? We, we voted with our feet against that one. Okay, Elion, first of all, before you answer, Elion, are you in a a cappella group at University of Maryland? Which one? What? Okay, and uh, how many different a cappella groups are there? 15. How many Jewish ones are there? Three. So you guys go to Medusa, Maryland. There are three competing Jewish a cappella groups. Okay, yeah. What's your question? <laughs> ah, okay, guys. So I hope you're okay with this, but Sheer Kali is about exploring the world of Talmudic ideas. We are less interested in Pesach Halacha. So if you want to know what we actually do, go ask Ravadi. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I think Miguel Tana only talks about Hespain. Right? It doesn't talk. I don't think the word is morning. I think it's eulogies or fasting. But that's why it might, it might be that everyone agree you don't do eulogies on firm. Okay, so look, Joe Savin, very good. How do you know about Miguel Tana? I guess, okay. Um, take a look at somebody's decision has fit and everything else. Where is it? Give me one second. Yeah, look at source five, okay? Look at source five. Okay, last comment, anybody? Uh, actually, we have five more comments. Okay, Sadia. Um, so you mentioned a little bit earlier. This is sort of. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm going to introduce you also. Okay. Guys, uh, shut off, guys. If you want to explore the world of music, Music as a career, study music. He is your man. Okay, speak to Sadia. Yeah. Um, sort of with something we mentioned earlier, and sort of like, what do we do? But Wait, I'm sorry. Wait, is Chucky in the room? Chucky, now that we discovered you're such a good guitar player, grab Sadia for lunch, okay? Discuss the world of music. Yeah. Um, it's sort of connected to what we do, but maybe you can answer it in a voice, giving the way what we do. Um, isn't there a way to say that the other three mitzvot are categorically different from the mishdat because they're not inherently combined with some? Well, that's what Manny wanted to argue. It was a good argument. Right. I, I didn't really get back to that point. Are we able to draw that distinction and maybe say? Like, Okay, look, it's a very reasonable suggestion, but I'm ignoring the practicality for now. Okay. Yeah, Ruben. Even if it's concentrated to a small part of short, you can still say either that small part suspends or Okay, I agree. I agree. It doesn't have to follow, but it could follow. Okay. Ellis. Ah, you're you're back in uh, Elias territory. Ah, you're saying instead of discussing Avela versus Simcha, what about Avela versus Avela? Okay, that's a very good question. I'm going to ignore it. Ronnie. <laughs> ah, okay. Ronnie made a very good point, guys. We'll close with this. Right. You might all be thinking that obviously Gideon and Reuven are right. How could rabbinic Avela have any force? 
Akad Rabbinic Purim holidays of any force. Ronnie's pointing out, there's a little bit of a debate about this, guys. It might be that the totality of Avelut is Durabanan. Some people think the first day is Doraita. Some people think all of it is Durabanan. So maybe it shouldn't be so shocking if Purim indeed does beat Avelut. You might say, well, how could a Durabanan beat a Doraita? It really might be a Durabanan Durabanan question. Very good point, Ronnie. All right, everybody have a wonderful Shabbat.